can we get back to preaching being Christ-centered? Um, and I think they were losing some of that. Now is what's going to gain me followers? What is going to gain me traction? What will the ag- algorithm like? What will it agree with? Um, and, and so forth. So that's what I'm praying that that this next wave or even this current generation of preachers, we kind of get back to, to preaching Christ, man. There's enough of him. If we preach Christ, man, <laughs> when, did he, when did he become not enough? You know, and that's my concern. When did his story become not good enough that we need to find other things to preach about? So, Hi, and welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 177. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and the voice that you just heard is that of Richard Hemphill. Now, Richard and I have some shared overlapping interests. Each of us are passionate uh, about the Bible being communicated with confidence and power and clarity, and also in uh, the next generation being trained and equipped and encouraged as they step out into uh, possible pastoral ministry or even just opening and teaching the Bible to their peers. So this conversation, we speak about some regrets that each of us have about our younger years of ministry uh, and some hopes for the future. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, Make sure you check out the show notes for ways that you can connect with Richard and some of the ministries that he is involved in. And I'm just going to get out of your way. I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's Word. Well, hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective podcast. I'm speaking with uh, Richard Hemphill. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mike. How are you doing, bud? Well, hey, I I got a hard-to-pronounce uh, last name. Uh, I wondered, do you too? Did I did I say it right or did I say it wrong? No, you did it right, man. I, I looked at your last name. I said that is a cool last name, man. I, I, I want your last name. Oh <laughs> you know? no, yeah. Well, tell that to like yeah, preteen Mike Neglia when everyone Uh-oh. pronounced it wrong all the time, and I was like, I wish I had like a normal a normal last name. I want to be a Jones or a Smith or something. Right. But uh, uh, yeah. Hey. So uh, good morning. Uh, it's it's morning time in in North Carolina. So uh, sorry, it's North Carolina, South Carolina. North Carolina. It's morning time in North Carolina, and thank you so much for joining us on the Expositors Collective Podcast. I think you and I are really into some of the same things. I've I've come across some of your content. Um, you are like interested in like encouraging and training like aspiring pastors and leaders. Is that is that right? Yes, sir. That that, that is the focus. Um, it, it's been there for a while, you know. So I, I've done a couple of different things, but now I'm really trying to to key in on that audience of those who are aspiring to be um a, a, you know pastors and, and leaders in the church so yes sir well excellent well yeah well i came across some of your stuff online and i was like man it's like i don't know kind of like this kindred spiritness or we both seem to be like pursuing very very similar aims and i i really wanted to yeah to connect and to to have a conversation i'm sure that people are going to be benefited uh from from what you've got to say uh so hey, first question, you know it's coming. I know you, you've listened to some episodes before. Um, Richard, what was your first sermon? I, I thought about this, uh, Mike, and, and I wanted to um, 
I wanted to make up a story really and tell you that, you know, it, it went well, but mm. I actually have some exclusive footage right here, man. This is actually um, the notebook that no I wrote way. my first sermon in and, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of crazy, but my first sermon came from uh, Joshua chapter one. Okay. And uh, I thought I did very well, and I, I and I was prepared. I said, "I'm gonna tell Mike that that it was the greatest thing." And then I went looking at it this morning. I said, "This it, this was <laughs> this was horrible. This was oh. this this was bad." But I mean, it wasn't that bad. But looking back on it ten years later, you know, you realize mm-hmm. how much you've grown. Um, you know how much God has allowed you to grow, man, in grace. So my first sermon came from Joshua chapter one. So memorable, memorable experience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like you were in, were you invited to preach? Did you, did you nominate yourself? Like what was the process that got you behind the pulpit for the first time? Well, well, actually, um, my pastor read about my desires or this calling on my life, um, in the newspaper. He had no idea. It's not a conversation that I had with him. Um, but, uh, a news reporter was interviewing me for something else, something completely different. And yeah. I expressed to that news reporter, you know, I feel like I'm called to to be this minister. And my pastor, he he read the newspaper uh, that Sunday morning. He said, "Hey guys, um, just to let you know, we ha- we have someone <laughs> in the audience who feels like they're called to preach." You know, and he called yeah. me up, and that was that was kind of how I got that. That was my introduction to the church, as far as um, this call to ministry. From there, he said, "Okay, well, we're going to go through some training and, and help you out, and then you'll be preaching your first sermon by the end of the year." Uh, prayerfully if you're ready so that that was my introduction you know it came from a news reporter you know that i would be <laughs> that i was no called way. to ministry oh yeah i love that i've i've heard a lot of stories and uh that is entirely entirely unique yeah, uh, yeah. that is really great and how and how great that um you know he didn't read that in the newspaper and then you know like uh what like uh like Saul, you know, oh, we have a, a young David who wants to be king and having all this kind of insecurity and trying to 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 drive you away, but instead welcoming you in and training you up. That's that's really great. That's really healthy. It, it was it was very gracious of him. I, I did not expect that at all. Because by you know, by nature I'm 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 a really quiet guy, very okay. um laid back. So he brought me up and I started sweating and I'm thinking, how how am I gonna preach? in front of people yeah. and I can't and I can't stand in front of people without you know being drenched in sweat man but um but he 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 was very gracious to the congregation they embraced me and I think that's so important for those who are aspiring to be pastors to be embraced uh you know by by the congregation and, and by leadership so uh, yeah. I'm I'm very grateful to him for that well and so you said that it, it's interesting and this maybe is kind of a glimpse into maybe the culture even of that church um, you said that you kind of thought that your your first sermon went went pretty good, and then you looked at the notes and thought, well, maybe actually it wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> right? I'm am I kind of, I like am I reading too much into it? Like, but were you encouraged as if it was a great sermon, even when maybe objectively it wasn't? Yeah, yeah, I, I was encouraged um, as I went through the sermon. May have lasted, Mike, maybe seven minutes. Maybe seven <laughs> to ten minutes, but okay, I mean, people okay. were standing up clapping, and really? I'm thinking, man, I'm I'm doing I'm doing great, you know. Yeah. But I recall yeah. that morning, the morning of the the sermon, I you know I'm from Daytona Beach, Florida, so I drove to the beach, and I remember standing standing at the um, at the you know where the ocean 
was coming. I said, God, yeah. if if you don't want me to preach, give me a sign now. Uh, send a whale and, and swallow me up and do something. You know, yeah. I, I was that yeah. terrified to preach, but to the, to the culture of the church, there. I mean, I, I was raised in that church, so for yeah. them to see me go through, you know, children's church to to being an adult and now standing, they were they were very encouraging, man. So, ah, oh, so, that's yeah. that's special. And you know, we were just discussing before we hit records, um, uh, uh, Tabidi Anyabile, and uh, he he mentioned in our conversation, he said that like the the role of like the the African American church, the congregation understands that it's their role to help the preacher, like that they're there to help, and and if that is if it's through like demonstrative, you know, nodding or even all the way to to the standing and the stuff that you got, um, the. It, he he was speaking so beautifully of of those types of experiences that it's not like the cool arms crossed like let's see what you got but it's like we're in this together and we want you to succeed right and, and i think about that even with you know we were talking like you said before um you press record about um i guess the analogy and the analogies that i use in in, in my current ministry and you know you can imagine as a team walks out from the tunnel you know to play a basketball game a football game and everybody's screaming and hollering it was that encouraging like this is my home field advantage you know um yeah. i didn't feel like i was amongst you know enemies or people who wanted me to lose they really wanted yeah. me to win and a winning culture, it's like, man, I, I can't lose with people who are rooting for me. You know, whether I cross every T or dot every out, I, I win, you know, I, I'm going to yes. win. So, so most yeah. definitely. Uh, that's a, that's, that's beautiful. What a, what a advantage. Yeah. Hometown advantage. And what a, what a, yeah, I love that kind of encouragement uh, culture, this, this culture of honor. Um, so, so that was your first, first sermon 10, 10 years ago. And I'm, I'm doing the math. You, you obviously, you obviously drove to the beach. So you were more than 16 years old. How, how old were you? <laughs> I was actually 25. I was 25. 25. Okay. I was 25 okay. years old, my first sermon. Um, but I, I just came a little backstory. I, I moved from New York, you know, I, I've traveled a little bit. So I was in New yeah. York. I'm on a basketball scholarship to to play in, in upstate New York. And it was there where I thought that this love for the game would last, you know. Um, but there I fell more and more in love with, with Christ. Um, I developed this relation with this relationship with him. And I felt like he was calling me to go back home to to start this ministry. So so yeah, um it, it's been it's, it's been quite a journey. So uh, well, I, I want to, yeah, maybe come back to the, like the, the, the lead dugouts, like, like ministry in, in just a moment, but like, I'd love to hear like, so in these 10 years, since that first sermon, uh, at, at 25 up until now, like what have been kind of the, the bits of growth or the, the improvements? Um, obviously you've got more content, your sermons go longer than seven to 10 minutes now. Um, which we're going to assume that's probably a good thing, um, right. but like, but what are kind of the moments of like of growth or progress that you've seen in your decade of preaching and growth since then? Well, well, I'll say this, Mike, my first area of growth, because, because I had such a good reception in that yeah. first sermon, I, I felt it, it kind of made me big headed a little bit. I said, man, I said, mm. I, I, I am the, the next, you know, sensation to to this preaching world I, I can't lose but very shortly after i was invited to preach at another church smaller church my church back home is maybe 800 people um <clears throat> the church i was invited to, to speak at has maybe a membership of 10 to 12 people so okay. i went i said if i can preach here 
and everyone yeah. clap for me here, then 10 to 12 people, I can do this with my eyes closed. So it oh, led yeah. to me not studying as much for that particular sermon. And I fell flat on my face in front of 12 people. Um, I remember I was standing on the pulpit and, I, and I'm preaching and I, I ended up saying something twice. And the guy in the congregation, he said, you said that already. You know, it, it was that type of atmosphere <laughs> where I went from okay. um, home field advantage. Now, this is my first game yeah. away in a sense. Yeah. So they don't have yeah. the love for you as, you know, people who saw you grow up. I was I was preaching. My, they had a ceiling fan um, right above the pulpit and my papers flew off. It flew off from the podium onto the ground. I had to go down to the ground and pick up. It, it was an awful experience. So yeah. when I think about the growth over those 10 years, it, it hasn't all been upward. You know, I, sure. it, I was going up, but I hit a, uh, <laughs> I hit the bottom um, maybe two weeks later. So since then, it's been a constant reminder that um, that you're a vessel, that, that God uses mm-hmm. you, and you're not that good to where you can't fall on your face. So when, when I think about my growth as a preacher, from, from I guess from a skill set, I can answer this, that I've gone from preaching with a manuscript to now I don't use any notes at all. So that, that's kind of from a preaching, preaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that was the growth a moment in my life to where um, the church I was pastoring at or a student pastor in North Carolina, he he kind of pushed me out. And I noticed that when I was preaching from a podium, my, my voice would shake and I, I would be yeah. reading and, you know, it was yeah. that type of yeah. thing. He said, why, why don't you um, move out from, you know, from beyond the, the podium and see how that goes. So I, I moved from you know, from beyond podium. And now I'm kind of reading and I'm teaching. And he said, well, what about, you know, not using any notes? So over the, you know, over three, four years, there's been a gradual um, coming into my own. Um, So that's, that's kind of how I've grown as a, I guess, a preacher from, from a, you know, from a skill type of set. But when it comes to people. Yeah. I I just, I watched your, um, yeah. A sermon that you did back in January and yeah, you you were kind of standing in front of a, a podium and had the Bible there. And I think like there might have been maybe there was papers next to it, but you just kind of stood in front of it for for the majority. I think maybe you glanced back at it like once or twice. But yeah, so much of it was um, extemporaneous or or memorized, uh, which is which is a a rare skill. I I can't do it. <laughs> So <laughs> I was I was nervous, Mike. I was scared. Yeah. I said, "What am I doing?" You know, I, yeah. I said, if, "If I fall, then then here I go." But, um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely been a, a growth journey for me. So, so, yeah. So sorry, I interrupted. But yeah, you were saying that's kind of like a like a skill set, and then you were about to talk about like the people. Oh yeah, from, from from a from I guess as a person, I've I think that I've um, I've taken into account the grace of God more and more. This first sermon was very hard, you know, concerning sin. And, and I believe that we're, we are supposed to preach against sin, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in this first sermon, there was no grace. You know, I didn't see the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So now I try to add that in. And when I'm when I'm listening to a lot of young preachers, um, sometimes we're not very, you know, we don't we don't preach that. You know, we, we want to send people to hell. You know, we want to. Um, condemn them and, and things like that, and you know you're not living right. And but I, I encourage guys now to to don't discount the grace of God in, in your preaching and, and you know in that you know 
in that message. So, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was going to ask you yeah, if there was maybe some mistakes that that new preachers like often make, and it, it sounds like that's that's one of them. Uh, why why do you think that young preachers, myself included, you know, I I was a young preacher once, and when I was young, you know, like. I like my, my big, my big, like my one string guitar was like revival and like, we need to have like revival and we need God's spirit to pour out again. That's great. You know, I'm still for that, but like we need to have God's spirit poured out upon us. And the reason why is because Mm -hmm. you guys aren't being serious enough and because of your unconfessed sin and because of this, and if you would just repent, yeah. If if the church would repent, then God would send revival. Come on, guys, repent. And yeah, and that right. was all the time. All yeah. you know, just some like twenty-two-year-old dude just like yeah. yelling at like God's beloved children and just just berating them all the time. Right. And that's is that is that a similar uh, yeah, why why do we do that? I don't know why we do it. Um you know, but I, I think it's, it's it is platforms like this where those guys can hear, you know, our mistakes. That it is a mistake to to just preach one side of the Bible or the judgment. Mm-hmm. And yes, revival mm-hmm. is needed. Yes, um, God hates sin. You know, but God loves His. Ch- you know, God loves His children. God loves His church. And it was actually actually in, in um, one of my classes in seminary. Um, you know, there were some members of the LGBTQ community and of different communities. And, you know, it, I guess it got to a point where God was, would speak through them as well in, in this class. I said, you know, God loves them and he loves me. And I, I, I think that the grace of God just started um, taking over my life in the sense where, you know, it's something that, that I couldn't explain um, and kind of how dare I um preach you know just one side of it to 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 them so i think that i've grown in grace there's i still preach against (laughs) sin but i I always try to add in um the grace of god in in the message so so yeah yeah and i i without being yeah without growing i appreciate even what you're talking about that we're not we don't want to be soft on on sin right however well, I, I, the word however is a very loaded word, <laughs> but yeah, we don't right. want to be soft on sin. The longer that we live, maybe the more that we see that sin is embedded in us. And, you know, like, you know, Richard, I've disappointed myself so much, you know, over, over the years. And, um, and I've, I've been like welcomed and received and like cleansed by the Lord uh, again and again and again. And oftentimes when I, when I certainly should know better and, I get to the point where it's like, well, why would I want to withhold that from anybody? Why would I want to like benefit from his kindness, but yet not make that, um, I don't know, placarded or broadcast or, or emphasized in, in the teaching and preaching ministry. This might be a little bit too. Um, yeah, but you know, we had a, like one of the very early members of, of our, this, you know, this, this church or this replant from like 15 years ago. Um, you know, she, she moved away and, uh, she's kind of visiting town and was over at her house last night. You know, we're just like talking late into the night and just kind of reflecting on kind of the harshness of the early days of, of the church 
And, um, you know, my wife was saying, you know, that I've like softened as a preacher. And on the one hand, it's like, well, that's, that's great to hear. But also like, I look back on that with such regret that, um, that there was a, I don't know, just a, a, a guilt trip that came through week after week after week and the way that it just kind of wears on people and can even, can even be damaging to people. So I'm sorry, this is, this is your interview, not mine. I'm sorry for, <laughs> no, no, it, it's a good conversation, but we never know where that person is and you know, where they're at, um, you know, in the church and we don't know where God is going to take them. We don't, we don't know. Um, I mean, what if we preached against Saul before he became Paul and though, you know, we just, you know what? I don't know what what your story is going to be, Mike. I don't know what Lisa's story is, is going to be. So, um, I you know, so that's that's kind of my my take on it is is give God time and, and room to to work on them because he he's worked on me as well. Yeah. So if preachers once we you know once we enter into ministry we we have our licensing or you know we we become ordained. It's not a license to beat up people, and I think that's what we need to. It's not a license to just drive uh, the text any way we want to. That's that's reckless, you know. So if, if we think about it like that, I'm still a careful driver. I, I, I can get you to, from point A to point B, um, yeah. but I'm going to allow you to see. Hey, there, there's a beautiful tree. Oh, there's a warning sign. There's a stop sign. You know. Okay, now we, you know, you in two miles turn right. That type of thing. So to take people on, on that journey, um, we don't have to go straight to. <laughs> straight to judgment once we're preaching yes. to people take people yes. on the journey so yeah well are there other other mistakes that you think that that young or or new new preachers often make yeah um i honestly think i'm, I'm not sure how it is uh in your in your context but a lot of preaching that um i hear it seems like we preach to go viral now we, we preach to mm-hmm. to to um, we preach for those short clips for the 15, 20 second clips that can be posted on Instagram and mm. and um, Facebook. And um, I was a, a friend of mine wanted me to listen to a sermon maybe a couple of days ago. And I mean, he was making a, a really good point. And then he stopped in the middle of it and he said this. Um, it was to me, it sounded very cliche. <clears throat> But I said that was it. That was the clip that he posted on on Instagram and, and Facebook and made a TikTok out of it. So I think one one mistake that preachers are making is now we're writing in order to go viral and not necessarily uh, bring God glory. You know, um, now we're thinking about how is how is this going to sound on you know on these social media platforms, and we're no longer uh, concerned about how it's going to sound to God in heaven. Um, we're, we're no, you know, we're not concerned how God is going to receive it, you know. So that's, I think that that is one of the, the one of the biggest mistakes that we're making in preaching that is so self um, absorbed for for the guys that I, you know, for the guys that I listen to. Not, I'm not saying all, but yeah, a mistake that I. But kinda... that's valuable. No one, no one has brought that up yet. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it is overlapping different circles or, or maybe you're just noticing what other people, what other people aren't. And, uh, yeah, if there is a, a tendency to, well, because you can only say so much in 15 seconds right. and, and if, 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 uh, the, the message, the sermon is geared around essentially being a, a delivery device for the, the little clip that may go viral, 
uh, what a disservice, A, to the people in the congregation who actually showed up in person right. or signed into Zoom or whatever the equivalent is uh, these days. Uh, but also, too, like sometimes sometimes we need to develop a thought and tease it out. And it's more than just a little snippet. Right. I mean, I listened to one, you know, one clip yesterday and it was, you know, do you know why people don't like you? And I'm thinking, well, when did it become, when did it become about people liking us, you know, and when did it become, when, 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 it, when have we become so self-centered in our preaching, you know, or if I feel like if we make people the victim of everything, then they'll say amen to, to, you know, they did you wrong and they cheated on you and they, and, you know, and but don't worry, because God is going to elevate you to and everybody screams. But I'm thinking, when when are we can we get back to preaching being Christ centered? Um, and I think they were losing some of that. Now is what's going to gain me followers? What is going to gain me traction? What will the ag- algorithm like? What will it agree with? Um, and, and so forth. So that's what I'm praying that that this next wave or even this current generation of preachers, we kind of get back to, to preaching Christ, man. There's enough of him. If we preach Christ, man, <laughs> when, did he, when did he become not enough? You know, and that's my concern. When did his story become not good enough that we need to find other things to preach about? So, Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Um, yeah. Put that on a TikTok. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so, yeah. So what, what's, uh, I guess, what's something that, that you're trying to improve in? Is there something that, that you want to get, get better at? Obviously, uh, you know, the guys that you're helping, I think you want them to improve probably in similar ways that you do, but is there something that like you personally are trying to, to improve on? You, you know, th- this is a, I guess it's a vulnerable or transparent moment, but I'm, Honestly, trying to improve my, on my prayer, my prayer life, um, you know, I think is one thing that I mean, I heard the a saying years ago, you know, um, much prayer, much power, no prayer, you know, some something like that. But my yeah. prayer life when I don't have to preach or when I don't have to study or when mm-hmm. I don't have to present, you know, it goes down. But if I have to preach, uh, my God, I'm, I'm in the mountains somewhere and I'm, I'm and I'm laying out before God. Yeah. But a lot of times I don't think we take into consideration uh, the personal life of the preacher, that if I don't have to study, if I don't have to um, train anyone, if I don't have to make, um, you know, what is what is my life like? So personally, um, I'm trying to get better at just being a better Christian. Uh, I'm trying to to get better at being a better servant. I'm trying to, um, you know, really grow in that relationship. Um with God from a preaching standpoint, I guess from a skill skill set, I haven't preached in, in what, two years now. My last sermon was in 2019. Um, it was a uh, January 7th, 2020, 20. Okay. All right. So I've been doing a deep dive, man. Yeah, I, man, I, I you, like, I you like, want to know anything, you want to know anything else about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, from, from a preaching standpoint though, I, I'm always trying to, um, I'm trying to, I guess, create some type of balance in my preaching. Uh, I've noticed that before, um, my first point may be, you know, 10 minutes long. My second point may be seven to eight minutes long. And that third point may be two minutes. So so presenting a, a more balanced diet for the congregation is something that I really need to work on. Um, it's like someone, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm at. So. Yeah. 
Well, I have zero advice because I, I do the same thing. My first point is always way too long. And then I'm, I, I find myself kind of editing on the fly um, as, as time goes on and then, and then shortening things up here and there. But yeah, it's the first point. I, you just, it's just so interesting. So you just keep going and going and then forget there's actually more coming. And the other stuff is really good too. So right. maybe someone's listening who could... Uh, <laughs> Right, help us out. Help us out. Help us both. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, those are those are yeah, two good things. Thank you for I guess going beyond just like sermons and then that that openness to your own even interior life and the the growth that you want to see. And I I, yeah, yeah. When when we preach, you know, that's when we drive to the beach and pray for whales to come. You know, right. (laughs) Um, Right. But but when we're not, I don't know, on duty or something, that's it's it's, we need the Lord just as much, even when we don't have to stand in front of his people. Um, Well, hey, I kind of mentioned like, you know, if if someone can help us, they can get in touch. But I mean, like, how can people get in touch? So, yeah, these last few minutes, like, why don't you talk to us about like the the lead dugout or the dugout? Because like I said, I think it's really great. I think if people like this podcast or are interested in this, they're definitely like going to resonate with what you're doing. So why don't you tell us how to find you and what we can expect? Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram, um, lead dugout for pastors. Um, Facebook, we have a group, which is lead dugout as well. Um, so pretty much on, on every platform, you can pretty much search lead dugout and, and you'll run into the content and the community of, of you know, like, I think it is a very diverse group of people, um, whether they engage with the content or not. I believe that we are really trying to, you know, do the same thing as your podcast yeah. and your platform, really trying to encourage. So that's where you can find and find us at and, you know, be on the lookout. I'm really looking for uh, pastors and senior pastors to really pour into this next generation, too. So if any guys are willing to to come in and share a word of encouragement, then I am open to that for, you know, for, for the, for the next generation, especially to our, our audience. So. Wow. Well, yeah. Thank you for what you're doing. It's a, it's a very vital and necessary thing. Obviously I'm, you know, given, given my time and trying to focus in that, in that same similar realm. So I think it's, it's a, yeah, a really, uh, fertile soil, you know, there's to, to be able to reach the, the, the preachers or the future preachers that are going to have the influence. Um, we just want to, yeah, point towards and guide towards like that sound doctrine, that, that humble Christ exaltation, because that's, that's what we need more than anything else, more than sound bites or anything, but well, I do. I appreciate you. Thank you so, so very much. And I hope that uh, this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's word. Thanks, Richard. Well, thanks so much, Richard. Really appreciate your time and your vulnerability and your honesty. So as I said at the beginning, do make sure that you check out the show notes uh, so that you can benefit from some of the resources that Richard is compiling and creating uh, for, for you and for people like you. So I hope that you've enjoyed this bonus episode. Uh, two episodes in one week. What a treat. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed so that next Tuesday uh, you'll automatically receive 
um, our episode with uh, Pastor Josiah Graves, uh, also from Florida. But uh, I'm going to leave you with Nick Katie inviting you to our upcoming training weekend taking place in Colorado Springs, Colorado. All right. Have a great week, and I'll catch you next Tuesday. This is Nick Cady inviting you to the Expositors Collective Training Weekend coming up on September 17th and 18th in Colorado Springs, Colorado. This will be our first in-person gathering since the pandemic, and we are so excited to get together again for this 24-hour immersive experience, which will help you grow in your private study and your public proclamation of God's Word. We also have an option this time for you to join us online if you aren't able to come in person. This event is open to men and women ages 18 through 34, who want to grow in their ability to preach and teach the Bible. We'll have everything from outlining help to sermon prep resources. We'll be learning in small groups with hands-on application and help from seasoned Bible teachers. You don't want to miss it. September 17th and 18th in Colorado Springs. More information and registration is available on our website, expositorscollective.com. Hope to see you there.